0: In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it tells us the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But just because it's foolishness to the unbeliever, it doesn't mean that we are not to be about proclaiming the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel, it is the power of God It comes by way of the message, the Logos of the cross. And we are to proclaim the truth of God's word to others. But you realize that others see it as foolishness. But it doesn't mean that we are not to proclaim the word of God to others.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Do in your
0: life, we can get rid of pain and get rid of strife. All you got to do is let go and let All right, saints, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 31 this morning. Looking forward to... Spending the majority of this year looking at first and second Corinthians. We won't quite get through Second Corinthians this year. We'll have to carry that over into the next year if the Lord should tarry But this is some good stuff that Paul's writing to The church there in Corinth one that he had spent a year and a half with teaching the word of God and the gospel going forth and he's left the church he's on his final missionary journey, he gets reports that there are some issues going on in the church. They had everything going for them. They had God's grace being bestowed upon them. God had gifted them, the word tells us, in every spiritual gift. We can have all the blessings that God would desire to bestow upon us. And we as humans, we have this tendency to mess things up and the church together they had messed some things up they got into tradition they got into the doctrines of men instead of holding fast to the word of god and we find that today we have that same tendency in our churches today throughout the world that if we try to stay current with the things that's going on in our world as far as trying to relate to the world a lot of times that Conflicts with the word of God, so either you have to stand upon the word of God or you change your position in the word of God in order to try to relate to people around you. And it's a dangerous thing when we begin to change the foundational truths of God's word. Last week, we learned in verses 1 through 17, we saw Paul's introduction in verses 1 through 3, where I reminded us that God's grace and peace comes as a result of God's riches at Christ's expense. And then in verses 4 and 9, we saw Paul's thankfulness, where I had asked, are we thankful for the grace of God that he has given to us through Jesus Christ? And finally, I closed in verses 10 through 17, where Paul is beginning to lay out some of the issues that's going on In the church there, he'll carry this over into chapters 2 and 3, especially the uh, chapter 3. He comes back to the very things that he was talking about there in the church where people were saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Peter, I am of Christ. He comes back to that. So just because he addressed it early on in his letter didn't mean that he was finished talking about it. He'll actually come back to it in chapter 3. But in the process of beginning to discipline the church, some of the things that he'd heard about the church when they were dealing with the issue of baptism, he said, I, I thank God that I didn't baptize very many of you. Then he went on to list out a few of the names that he could remember that he had baptized. But he said, God didn't give me the ministry of baptizing people. That's not my ministry. That was the ministry of John the Baptist, as we know in scripture. But Paul said, that's not the ministry that the Lord has called me to. He has called me to preach the gospel. He has appointed me to preach the gospel. And I closed out by saying how important it is to discover God's call upon our lives. And once discovered, we should act in accordance to his call. There are some people who have discovered the call that God would have for them in their life, and then they refuse to walk in that call. So today we're going to look at, and I don't want you to get upset with me, I'm just using the words of scripture here. I titled this Foolishness or Wisdom, and he applies the word foolishness to not only mankind, but he uses that word, as we'll see. In connection to God so don't get mad at me when I talk about the foolishness of God I'll try to explain it and Paul's intent for that as we go through the study so I asked foolishness or wisdom and today we're going to look at verses 18 through 31 and we're going to see the power of God verses 18 through 21 the foolishness of God verses 22 through 25 and the choice of God verses 26 through 31 And I'm going to start us off by reading our first point, verses 18 through 21. Let's stand together as we read the word of God. And then after I pray, you can be seated and we'll get into the teaching of God's word. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, to save those who believe. And Father, I pray that you would just give us a greater understanding of your word this morning, Lord, as we look through this passage. But also, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us in the work and the ministry that you've called us to in the day and age that we live in. Lord, we are not only to uh, learn the call that you've placed upon our lives, but we are to act upon that, And also, Lord, corporately as your church body, we are to reach beyond these walls into our community. So I pray, Father, that throughout the course of 1 Corinthians, as we go through this letter, I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage to proclaim your gospel to the generation that we live in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So our first point, the power of God, looking at verses 18 through 21. In verse 18, we discover the message of the cross. Now, I like to do word studies as I go through preparing for a message. And I spend a bit of my time looking at certain words and throughout the process of the message itself, doing a word study. And I discovered that here in this passage that Paul, while he began it here in verse 18. He begins to use The words that perhaps he applies to man and then he takes the same word and he applies it to God and he switches them all around and he's really doing some wordplay in this letter it's pretty wonderful to look at and one of the first things I noticed about our memory verse for this month the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God The Greek word for message there is logos. And again, I mentioned this last week. We looked at that word last week that we're familiar with that. We are most familiar, perhaps in John 1, 1 in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God logos, that Greek word. And so the logos of the cross, the word of the cross, the message of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. And we learned last week that the believers in Corinth had been greatly blessed, as I've already mentioned. Paul said they had received God's grace, being enriched in all utterance, logos, the word is there again, and all knowledge, gnosis is the Greek word, but they had all utterance, all word, and all knowledge, which worked together to confirm the testimony of Jesus Christ in their lives. And so he begins to talk about the message of the cross being foolishness. It's a folly. It's absurdity to those who are perishing. Uh, That word for perishing there, it means in the Greek to be utterly destroyed or loss of eternal life. But to those who are being saved, it means a word that refers to being saved from injury or suffering We know in the New Testament it refers to the salvation from sin and death. It is the power. It's a Greek word that refers to not only power, but might or strength, but especially miraculous power. It is the power of God, the message, the logos of the cross. It's foolishness to those who are in unbelief. They cannot understand that faith in the work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial and resurrection Brings forth not only forgiveness of sin, but adoption into the family of God. And when this life is over, eternal life in heaven's glory. The message, the logos of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are in unbelief. And he goes on to talk about wisdom and understanding in verse 19. Quoting from Isaiah, he says, for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Instead of walking in the commandments of God, Israel in Isaiah's day walked in the commandments of men. And Paul warns the church of his day, and he warns us today, that we are not to walk in this compromised path of men. And We find in our church today that there are many who are straying away As I said, from the foundational truths of God's word, they're beginning to walk in the wisdom of men and not in the commandments of God. Isaiah warned the people in Isaiah 29 verses 13 and 14, saying, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths, honor me with their lips, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught, by the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Isaiah would go on to prophesy about the Babylonians coming and taking Israel into captivity, something which God said is going to be. Uh, marvelous work among this people. Now, we think being captured by an enemy army and taken into captivity, there's no way that that could be described as a marvelous work and a wonder. But God was going to use that to cleanse his people and to have them turn away from the commandments of men that they had been so attracted to and turn their attention and their hearts back toward the Lord. The unbelievers had attempted to reach God through their own pursuit of wisdom and understanding. And sadly, their pursuits led them into the trappings of the commandments of men. Jesus refers to Isaiah in Mark 7, verses 6 through 7. He said, "'Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, "'This people honors me with their lips.'" but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. In Jesus's day, they had the same issue that Isaiah prophesied about 700 years earlier than the time of Christ. And now for us, 2700 years later, we find that the same issues uh, still goes on, that there is an issue of, Israel, the church today, the spiritual condition. Jesus said of Israel of his day, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? Man, he called it out as it was. They were hypocrites. But we need to understand that God's word still speaks truth in our current generation. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades But the word of God stands forever. And then we discover the wisdom of this world in verses 20 and 21. He begins by asking, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. And it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed. He asked, where is the wise? A word that refers to those who are skilled or clever. Where are the scribes? A word that really denotes a man of letters, uh, a teacher of the law, someone that we might say he has a degree, he's went to university. Where are the disputers? This is someone who is skilled in argument. They have studied their opponents, and they probably know the opponent's argument so well that they could argue from either position, but they are a disputer and they they practice these things. It's someone who has studied his opponent's view and knows how to strongly refute their position. But whether the wise, a scribe or a disputer, God continues to make foolish the world's wisdom. In Romans one twenty two. Paul wrote that they profess to be wise, but they became fools. Throughout humanity, worldly wisdom has moved mankind not closer to God, but further away from him. But the word tells us in Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. In God's wisdom, he chose the foolishness of the message of the cross to save the lost. The foolishness of the message. Caruso is a a Greek word that refers to the proclamation of the gospel. This is a form of that when we read message here. He had said in verse 18 message, and we use the Greek word logos. This is a different Greek word. It refers to one who is a herald or a public crier. Someone crying out the gospel, preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are unsaved because their spirit is dead toward God. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it tells us the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But just because it's foolishness to the unbeliever, it doesn't mean that we are not to be about proclaiming the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel, it is the power of God. It comes by way of the message, the logos of the cross. And we are to proclaim the truth of God's word to others. But you realize that others see it as foolishness. But it doesn't mean that we are not to proclaim the word of God to others. He speaks about foolishness, now he connects it to God, the foolishness of God. In verses 22 through 25, I'll read the context for us again, picking up in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greek, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And I think we need to view this in the fact of our all-knowing, all seeing how creating God is that we view even his smallest thoughts which may be viewed as Paul referring to here as foolishness or weakness from our perspective they are actually stronger than and wiser than anything that we could think of the foolishness of God so we preach Christ crucified verses 22 through 23 The Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, to the Greeks, foolishness. They sought after a sign, it means a mark, an indication, a token. And we find that the revised version of the Bible actually indicates, and I found this personally interesting, this is from Lightfoot, that he said the Jews asked for a sign indicating that the apostles were met with the same demand from Jews as Christ has been. Signs were given in plenty, signs of God's power and love, and they wanted, though, signs of an outward messianic kingdom, of a temporal triumph, of material greatness for the chosen people. With such cravings, the gospel of the crucified Christ was to them a stumbling block indeed the jews sought a sign from the apostles the same thing that they sought after jesus in matthew 12 verses 38 through 40 some of the scribes and pharisees answered him saying teacher we want to see a sign from you and he answered and said to them an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet jonah for jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees, they sought after Jesus, show us a sign and we'll believe in you. And Jesus said, no sign will be given but the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of that fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, referring to his death upon the cross, his burial, and his resurrection from the grave. They sought wisdom. Sophia is the Greek word for wisdom here, and it speaks about an excellence in the highest, the fullest sense. And the wisdom of the Greeks that they sought, today, that wisdom is still studied in our colleges and universities. Yet the Greeks saw no wisdom in the cross. They looked at the cross from a human standpoint. If they had seen it from God's viewpoint, they would have discerned the wisdom of God in his great plan of the salvation of mankind. Instead, they sought human wisdom. The Jews, they sought signs. But instead of giving signs, instead of wisdom, the apostles preached Christ and him crucified. And this became a stumbling block to the Jews. It was foolishness to the Greeks. The Greek word for stumbling block, we think about that. We think of something that maybe we trip on or trip over. But the Greek word is actually scandalon is the Greek word scandalous. We might get from that. But it speaks about a trap or a snare that's been laid for an enemy. So stumbling block makes me think of just kind of tripping, but recovering. No, this is a trap or a snare that maybe you don't recover from. The unbelieving Jews and the Gentiles made themselves enemy of God by not surrendering to the will of God, God's plan of salvation, through faith in the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We thank you, Lord, for your word that you have given us here in 1 Corinthians, something, Lord, that Paul wrote to the church that was founded there in Corinth, Lord, that had been a church that had been greatly blessed, greatly blessed with the teaching of your word as Paul and Silas stayed there for a year and a half, which was very rare for the apostle to do. But also, Lord, they were blessed in every spiritual blessing. But Lord, this church strayed when they began to pay attention To the commandments of men, and they stepped away from the pure teaching of your word. I pray that you would be with us, Lord, that we would not stray from the pure teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Though the world might see it as foolishness, Lord, may it be the power that you have bestowed upon us as believers, that through the gospel, Lord, we are saved. And may we not be ashamed of the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. In the day and age that we live in, we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit.